Hello everybody, it's Lindsay from the Hand Me Up Club. I just want to record a quick disclaimer before part two of my interview with Corey Schneider from the New York Adventure Club. Uh, we recorded this a little while ago, and so you're going to hear me make fun of the American Dream Mall and say it's never going to open. Well, the joke was on me because it happened. It actually opened. It's in New Jersey. As far as I can tell, it's been popular and successful thus far. So check it out. If you want, if you support malls, if that's your thing. If not, Corey and I are going to talk about a whole bunch of other eco-friendly spaces in the city, some hidden gems, some fun facts about places you've already seen and been to probably a million times and had no idea about. So get ready for that. Coming up next, part two of my conversation with Corey Schneider from the New York Adventure Club. This is the Hand Me Up Club, and thank you for listening. You know, going down the eco the yeah. eco line. Uh, so, you know, I think one of the more interesting places that no one really knows is the uh, is the Five Borough Park Complex. So oh, the par- uh, park, yeah, I don't know the, what this is. The Parks Department uh, has their largest, kind of like the headquarters on Randall's Island. So oh. Randall's Island is... Oh, okay. That's where they have like the, the fire Easter. academy training as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I don't know if that's a repurposed uh, you know location. Maybe I they feel have like some, any of the things on the islands roof. are very like <laughs> repurposed. Yeah. It was almost everything was like used to be a hospital or like a detention ground, <laughs> and it's not a great thing. Yeah, so we're the, not going to talk about it. Yeah, and now it's something else. <laughs> islands don't have a great history here, and <laughs> no. other than Manhattan, uh, yeah. smaller islands definitely have a bad rep. But uh, yeah, the Five Borough Parks Complex has. Arguably the the most diverse green roof in the world. Oh. Uh, they are testing. You know, they have you know hundreds of different test beds going on with different soil compositions and you know plants and position and sun positioning and they get you know they gather all this data um, and they make it accessible for any New York City resident to to tap into. Uh, they even if you need mulch if you need you know, uh, you know, help with some sort of project. Uh, if you apply, you know, they, they will help out if, if, you know, if they find your project, uh, worthy, you know, worthy, uh-huh. uh, if they find it, you know, applicable. Uh, and you know, here's a, you know, here's a department that's trying to help the public. Uh, but you know, I didn't, I, I didn't personally know about it until maybe a year ago until someone who had spent time on Reynolds Island said, Hey, check out Fibro Parks Complex, and so and you, you look at it's right next to Robert Moses's a uh, former office. Uh, that's that's like four podcasts, four part podcast. That's of, the of, least eco friendly you can probably get. the least eco friendly person. Yeah, so that's like anti everything that yeah. this podcast stands for. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on the outside it looks like a very boring building, uh-huh. boring government building. But then uh, then you go inside and you go you know to the green roof. Uh, and then you just see all the different projects going on on different floors and right outside the building, and they're just testing all of these different different things to you know, just to figure out what you know what happens and, yeah. and how to make th- you know how, how to uh, and kind of defining what sustainability is and how to optimize you know in all these different categories. They have a bee farm up there. They have migratory birds. Uh, you know. They, it's like what? <laughs> uh, Surprise! But that's hey. I mean, that's why I love New York. Um, I feel like the Parks Department is actually doing a ton of stuff that people just don't really realize is happening. Or when you think of the Parks Department, you just think of the people in the green jumpsuits, like riding tractors yeah. through Prospect <laughs> Park and through Central Park. But they actually are doing so much programming, 
every day of the week. And so much of it is eco-friendly. They have like eco-friendly craft workshops for kids. They have other eco-friendly things for adults happening. The Poe Park Visitor Center in the Bronx. I feel every other day they have some kind of really cool sustainable event or workshop for people for free happening. And then they also have just other really cool things happening. I know you were talking about you can get mulch from there. Adam and I recycled our Christmas tree (laughs) at Mulch Fest at the park. And you can get your mulch that way from your own Christmas tree if you want. They have the pumpkin, uh, the pumpkin event. What's after Halloween? You bring, I think you also bring your pumpkins. I think it's a pumpkin smash. (gasps) I love that. Probably turn it, turn into fertilizer. Yeah, that's so cool. So they're doing really great things. And I feel we don't really think about it because we just think, oh, they're maintaining the parks and we don't necessarily think about all the outreach they're doing as well. Yeah. So that's really cool. I did not know that roof existed. Yeah. I mean, also other impressive uh, roofs in the, in, in the city, uh, you have Brooklyn Grange, which right. has actually started here in Long Island City, Queens. Yeah. Uh, but now they also have their Brooklyn Navy Yard location, but these are the largest rooftop soil farms in the world. Uh, and they're, uh, and they're, growing you know substantial vegetation Mm -hmm. uh, on these uh, on these roofs and because of the buildings that they're occupying uh, have such a uh, uh, high load Um, and you know they were like usually these manufacturing facilities uh, so they can support all of this weight Mm -hmm. Uh, and essentially they like vacuumed all the dirt up there like Uh this this whole it's a whole process but uh, if you if you ever visit once again you can't see from the ground but once you go up top you're you know they're growing any type of vegetable that you can you can think of and selling them and it's a it's a uh, it's a private company and they're and they're you know profitable mm-hmm. uh, uh, but they also uh, you know it's not just a farm they'll u- utilize it in different ways um, you know weddings or different like beekeeping events and so uh, you know while they're they're being while it's sustainable in nature they're also kind of uh, uh, recycling the the location for events mm-hmm. right or for you know repurpose you know it's it's re- yeah. repurposing for their own in their own right yeah um and so it's it's good that they're kind of maximizing all the po- you know p- possibility mm-hmm. uh you know another green roof that is also very impressive is the javits center green roof which one of the largest green roofs in america oh, i did uh, not know that largest existed in New York either City. oh that's and yeah that's pretty magnificent and once again can't see it from the ground but um, that whole building's glass and i had no idea there glass. was anything on the roof yeah i mean and and you know that had a there was a kind of a sustainability uh, uh issue for you know as soon it was as soon as it was originally built you know it was all black um it was famous for killing birds like no other the right? roof garden oh no just the javits center in, in oh because it's all glass uh, <laughs> right okay so yeah, roof garden like, not this is, this is pre-roof garden pre sustainability so like the the bad the bad days gotcha uh you know and it's just like this behemoth and um you know it was very uh expensive to uh you know to uh, you know run electricity and and it was in in this in the winter they were spending a lot on heat in the in the winter or in the summer they were spending a lot on on air conditioning uh because they didn't have anything any any sustainable aspects in place uh but then they did this huge renovation a couple years ago uh, and they, well, first for the, you know, for the bird's sake, they changed the black glass to this, you know, to normal looking glass, but there's some sort of special reflective property in there that is able to warn birds that it's a 
like you know it's a um, object in front of them so they've cut you know either cut down or eliminated the bird dying uh process uh, but then they, they also uh, established these these massive uh green roofs on their you know uh you know on on uh, on the side bays uh, of the facility and uh for sustainable uh aspects but also for economic uh-huh. aspects as well because it saves a lot of money. This is a glass structure, right. so they, they need to be able to you know absorb as much heat as possible for the you know the winter and for the you know, and keep and keep it much cooler uh, uh, in the summer. And you know I'm sure someone else on your podcast will be able to explain kind of the all you know all of the great benefits of having a green roof and you know plus uh, and for the environment as well, right? Where the the sun is not just bouncing off of a white a white roof where it's just you know and then that would just you know just generating all that you know that, uh-huh. that additional heat uh but then also there's you know uh several varieties uh, dozens of varieties of birds that that live there um and so if you ever look at the javits center and look up you'll see all these like exotic birds kind of flying in and out because they live there they also have uh you know a, a bee community a bee community um uh, so it's just once again kind of like out of, out of sight but um you know, buildings like the Javits Center are trying to take a more proactive approach, be more sustainable, um, and it helps the bottom line, right? I think yeah. it, this is New York. New York is built on commerce, uh-huh. uh, and if you, you know, if you make it attractive uh, on on the business side, people will do it. That's a good point. Now, here we have a question. We, sure. I have a question. What are your thoughts slash opinions on the Earth Room? Uh, that one's hard for me to reckon with because i it's just really hard i am so pro green roof but the earth room which for people listening is a floor of a building in tribeca that is just filled with like three feet of dirt and that's that's it it. yeah and no plants i mean no plants no lighting even to like try and grow anything nope and it's been there since what the '60s, the '70s. Yeah, so it's not, it's I'll somehow... fact check that later and put it in the episode guide. But it's been around forever, taking up the whole floor of this building, and it's just dirt, just dirt. I don't know how I feel about that. If it was sold off, it would just be probably a private residence. So it's better that I guess it's being used in a public. Um, you know, it's, it's available to the public. It's not very yeah. It's not very functional. I don't know how. I'm not inspired by it, but maybe that's not, that's just not my taste. Uh, I think it's it is one of the quirkier things in New York. It's just like yeah, it's a a part a space in the you know a neighborhood of New York that is the most expensive uh, real estate in the entire city, and it's used for um, housing dirt. Uh, and that's and, it. And that's it. So that's it's a good question. I you know say it's better than what the what the alternative would be. Sure. Um, no. Or the other alternative, where it's dirt that's growing. Yes, yeah, so they could, uh, <laughs> you know, do something with it, and yeah, maybe make it a little more instead of just an art project, make it, uh, you know, produce something, give give back to the pop up at the Mother earth Nature room or... is a garden for <laughs> spring. Yeah, so yeah, it's uh, but it exists. So yeah, and and we're we're debating it. So you could argue that it's me- it's memorable. It's it causes controversy, which makes it impactful. It's art that's in our accessible lives. to anyone that can walk upstairs. Yes, you can walk up two flights and you'll <laughs> like you can get it. Be, <laughs> you don't have be, to think. You'll be very confused, it. and you won't be there for very long because it's literally a room of dirt, 
Yep. And I don't know how much you can appreciate that. And they do hire someone to stand or sit at the desk. Yep. At the, at the reception desk. So I guess they're doing really well. I guess maybe there's lots of people donating to this uh, to this cause. Which is so hilarious to me, but okay. But, uh, you know, a space that is using, you know, uh, you know, a company that is using their space in a, in a more functional way uh, would be Farm One. So it's Manhattan's only hydroponic farm. So farm does not use uh, it's a soilless farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the basement of a, of a building downtown. Uh, and they have uh, this. That's repurposing your space. That is abs- <laughs> yeah, especially a basement space. Um, and, you know, you, yeah, you walk in and you, and you see all these racks of all these, ex- you know, uh, all of these uh, plants and uh, kind of exotic um, uh plants <laughs> i'm trying to think think of other words for herb exactly. herbs herbs yeah there's uh plants and herbs uh and they sell these their their largest customer are uh, high-end cocktail lounges and, and restaurants uh, that might want to use a specific variety of an of an herb um uh, that they might not be able to get anywhere else and you use it in their drink or you know put on their food so they so it's like it's crazy that this basement uh, bougie garnish yeah garnisher fact you know facility is is uh, you know is supplying uh, some of the top restaurants and cocktail lounges uh, uh, in the city uh, so you know they're doing something with their with their space and yeah and it's a highly uh, fascinating tour and I mean that whole the technology of hydroponics really stems from from growing cannabis mm-hmm. right where you know, people had to illegally and still legally grow uh, plants and herbs indoors oh yeah and one so, of my friends grew a ton of weed in his closet yeah. um so we won't name him it wasn't in new york but i okay. definitely saw his closet set up for a while and yeah it was fascinating yeah so that you know now this, this legitimate industry has piggybacked on the technological advances of a of yeah. an illegal one uh maybe soon will not be yeah not depending be on where you are depending on where you are yeah where, wherever you're listening uh, uh so once again just really fascinating um and you know that's the story of new york right where it's it's really everything especially, especially if, if you're a startup it's not you know you know there's a whole world uh below and above that uh, above the ground level mm-hmm. right you know you, you might be uh, discouraged by the CVS or the endless numbers of CVSs or Bank of Americas on the ground level, but uh, you go up one of these buildings or in the su- you know, in a basement, and there's a lot of really interesting things going on that you, know, you can't pinpoint. Um, Absolutely. But to keep on, keep on the eco. Yeah, I want to talk about the Trash yeah. Museum because I've been museum. there with you. Um, so cool. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes, the- and that's really like. Uh, it might look like something and then just a floor above is something totally different because it's in East Harlem and it's a garage for a garbage trucks. garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you just, if you were walking down the street, you would just think that's the garage for all the garbage trucks for that's East right. Harlem. I mean, pretty in- inaspicuous. Yeah. Uh, and then but, upstairs. Yeah. Amazing. One of the, I'd say my top 10 uh, sites to be, sites to be seen in, in New York. Uh, but yeah, so the, this sanitation worker, Nelson Molina, uh, you know, over his 35-year career of collecting trash for the you know, Department Department of Sanitation, uh, collected trash on his runs for personal purposes. Uh, he would, you know, find, you know, interesting 
items in, in these bags before he would throw into the truck. So then he would you know, put it to the side. Uh, then he started to host a small collection uh, in a bathroom on the second story of the sanitation garage he was working off of, uh, working in. Uh, and that small collection began to grow and grow and grow. And then he started curating um, you know, all of these different pieces, that things that he would find. Uh, and so, yeah, fast forward uh, you know, around 40 years, and he has documented what New Yorkers have thrown thrown away and it's shocking uh, you know for other people would could be considered hoarders but he has curated his his collection and that's and he you know it's a house of collection it's a house of a collection and he, you know he's not paid he wasn't paid to do this this is his personal personal project so it's not a, an official museum uh we actually try to use collection oh okay because uh, you know if it's an official museum then it's, you know it's, that's like a legal uh, okay. term but uh, but an unofficial museum. It's an uh -huh. unofficial museum. And there's, uh, I mean, there's tens of thousands of different pieces in that museum, uh, ranging from, uh, you know, a table of Furbies to Tamagotchis to bodybuilding trophies, uh, to high school and college diplomas. To a book signed by Lena Horn and the, what was it? The star made out of metal from the from World, World Trade, Trade Center. Yes. And, uh, you know, porn tapes and, uh, you know, different pieces of art. And, a full mannequin that and, looks like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that That's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, the creepy guy from Six Flags, you know, the bald one. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a, a mug in case you wanted to drink out of, out of the, his the creepy Six Flags bald guy. Um, and it's just fascinating because everything, you know, I think in that case, you're trying to figure out, well, what was the story behind this? Why did someone throw this away? And, and you know these objects of uh, of value, mm. uh, especially yeah, especially that um, you know that the nine eleven piece of the, the World Trade Center that was yeah turned into a uh, a plaque. Yeah. Um, but like the college diploma, why why is that in the trash? Or you know, uh, per, or like family photo albums uh, mm -hmm. and. and yeah, just you know, and of course the space that it's in, like it's so it's so authentic, mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, and you know, roped off is the uh, where the sanitation workers work out. Yeah, right? right. so they've like, it's, you know, which I'm sure that's all stuff they've found too. Yeah, I mean, talk about yeah, talk about repurposing, right? Like the, um, uh, you know, once it was clear that the space wasn't going to be used for anything, why not turn it into someone's passion project uh -huh. and you know at first uh they were very skeptical and kind of uh bewildered at why he was doing this but now it's become a source of pride i mean so the sanitation they will have to vacate the sanitation garage in the next couple of years because i think they're just they're just going to tear it down since it's falling apart as you as you saw um and i you know I, I know that the department is looking for a permanent space and i it definitely deserves a permanent space mm -hmm. uh, uh and it, you know d does deserve to be an official museum and it's just so interesting and and what's even like what's mind-blowing is that all like everything you see there was only his run right it was right 30 20 30 blocks 40 blocks maybe in east like in east harlem so just just kind of shows you how much is is thrown away right um and so you know maybe that that's kind of like a question to you, um, you know, to your listeners, like how can, you know, before you throw it away, what can you do with it? Mm -hmm. And 
uh, not and not just clothes, but uh, all ki- your plastic diplo- your diplomas. Don't throw out your diplomas. I Don't throw out your takeaway of this. Uh, I mean, I guess podcast. a diploma would be more biodegradable that's, than a Furby or a Tamagotchi. Right. But still, don't you want that? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. I remember him talking about how he just kind of developed this sixth sense where he'd be on the runs and he'd see a bag of garbage and he just would know there was something really yeah, he, cool well, he in had, there. Yeah, he could feel it. Yeah. And, and then through feeling it, he would open the bag and then find other things. because. Mm-hmm. Like I had a hard time believing he could feel all of those different objects, but it makes more sense that he would he would feel a certain strange object and then open the bag to more goodies mm-hmm. in that uh, you know in that in that bag. But just an, an incredible story. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. I was talking the other day with people from Sure We Can in Bushwick, yes. which is this massive lot where they're collecting bottles and cans for recycling and talking with the canners they were saying how you go around and you might see a big bag of trash and you can't really see what's in it but they developed this sort of sixth sense for like knowing when there were gonna Mm. be bottles or cans and so they just take it with them and they'd sort it once they got back and that kind of reminded me of nelson molina saying oh you'd just be out picking out trash and you'd see a bag and you'd have a sixth sense there'd be something really cool in it (laughs) so you just take it and then you'd open it up when you got back and maybe we need to try this out Right. To get a little more develop our, with our intuition, with our, our trash with bag the, with intuition the trash around us. Absolutely. You know, to, maybe this is a good adventure club event. Create yeah. a, a workshop, a blind, you know. Develop your blind, trash bag you're, you're intuition. You're blindfolded, and you have to try to guess certain objects. Feel the presence. Yeah, of and that it way you can you. go, uh, you know, down the street and try to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of test, uh, a lot of testing beds oh, on every sure. street corner to. Oh, to for it sure. Out. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about Meadowlands. You were mentioning there's something really cool about that. And when I think of Meadowlands, I think of the abandoned American Dream Mall. (laughs) That giant multicolored building. uh... Is it though? Is it? It's been soon to be open for the last 10 years. Well, it should be. Uh, Well, uh, it's gone through many stages. Yeah. Right. Used to, many uh, stages, many names, many owners. Yeah, originally, kind of, yeah, originally built as uh, Xanadu. I believe that was the original uh-huh. one. That was just going to be the, this, uh, yeah, ski slope, indoor ski slope with like arcades and kind of like kitschy, like uh, 1990s mall sort of, sort of feel to it. Uh-huh. Uh, then the Great Recession happened and that was put on hold for a while, but New Jersey uh, State couple more billion into it and uh then it was repurposed into the american dream mall um, which uh also has this a conglomerate of like different things going on in it however i think it is opening let's see it's march uh it's supposed to open next month what yeah right i feel like the last time i heard something about that was the roof's falling in on the ski slope (laughs) it will never reopen and i was thinking that's such a bummer what's gonna happen to this space i think it is uh uh, my girlfriend's an architect and she has uh she's working on some storefronts okay uh, or some you know some of the stores in uh in that mall so I feel if, if it was abandoned, she would have reported that. But maybe okay. it's part of her NDA. It's just not allowed. <laughs> Got it's it. All a, it's, it's all a farce. But Well, mm-hmm. I guess we'll, f- we'll find out. We'll but anyway, out. Uh, it sits right uh, on the Hack- Hackensack River, um, okay. which uh, goes right through the Meadowlands. Um, and, uh, you know, for the, and as you mentioned, yeah, there's a lot of abandoned factories 
on this waterway and it was and the waterway was uh, abused for you know for many decades right um, mm-hmm. probably used to spill off for the, for these industries but um, now in charge of it is the is the New Jersey Sports Expo Authority which okay. doesn't quite make right doesn't is that quite make sense meaning but... people that are in charge of the MetLife Stadium want things around it to be better <laughs> yeah, or right. yeah you know I'm not too familiar with you know with that with the overarching agency but at least within it there is this, uh, you know, uh, this, this department dedicated to preserving um, the uh, ecology around around the river, um, and so you know over like, the course of, the, of time that they've been working on it, you know now you're starting to see you know, birds coming back and you know uh, trying to repopulate the you know any of the the fish population that was probably eff- uh, negatively affected by by some of these uh, these companies, and so the the trip that we take is a pontoon trip. So like, you know, a oh. small boat that you take through and you're learning the story and the history of the, of the waterway and, and the kind of the factories around it, but then also about the wildlife. I uh, wouldn't think it would be deep enough to take a pontoon boat through there. That's it's, crazy. It's crazy. And just to, you know, I, I, I'm originally from New Jersey, so I'd always, you know, drive over or take a train over uh, th- this waterway, but to be on the waterway and to be looking up at these massive, uh, you know, uh, sites of infrastructure. It's just a, it's a whole nother level. And you do, and, and then you, you start to see the wildlife mm-hmm. um, at, that they're, you know, really trying to preserve and, and uh, you know, create a, uh, a, you know, a good habitat for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, once again, like, he, and, but, you know, but to get even, to get to the dock is an experience okay. on public transit. You have to take a, take a bus to the Meadowlands, which is, essentially the middle of nowhere right mm-hmm. and then you walk down this service road for like a mile uh, past an abandoned uh driving range um and some other, and, and pa- kind of past the entryway to dream the dream mall but then you get to this little uh this little dock and uh you know, from there it's this amazing experience and it's you know and it's something that uh, a friend of mine who lives in new jersey mentioned offhand and that's how a lot of events are 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 made and because a, a, a big question people ask like, how did how did you know about this and mm-hmm. it's either someone told me um maybe yeah some sort of networking event or i read about it people send me articles all the time like hey did you someone sent me yesterday this guy who collects uh, mug shots he has a mug shot museum <laughs> probably unofficial museum just like uh-huh. you know, nelson molina's trash museum um or rev jen's uh, troll doll mm-hmm. museum so it's like i didn't know that existed so let me you know maybe tomorrow i'll reach out and see where it, you know see where it takes me yeah that's yeah. really cool oh, meadowlands i i feel like i think of the meadowlands as the valley of ashes from uh <laughs> yeah. great gassy it's just a stretch of nothing to get where yeah, you're trying probably, to go yeah, he was probably going to write about that initially but catch it, it a little class absolutely um but, oh there's a lot of really cool lead certified green buildings in new york that's why i'm like if you're on coming to new york and you're gonna take a tour do it at one of those buildings like one world trade or the empire state building those both are like i think top of the rock is really cool but kind of the same view as empire state building so maybe do it at a better building yeah right (laughs) uh but yeah bank of america tower that was the first lead was it platinum lead certified i'm not good with my my levels but i think it was platinum or gold uh first uh 
platinum or gold lead certified skyscraper awesome uh, and um, so our tour is usually once a year there and so we'll start uh in the sub level mm-hmm. to look at the water reclamation system that they have and uh and you, you get to see all the the gadgets that measure you know oxygen carbon monoxide you know and heat levels and on every single floor um and you know monitoring that and and being able to control it control airflow mm-hmm. uh they have these huge ice makers down there um uh, and uh then you know then the tour does go all the way up to the uh the 50th ish floor where the durst offices are yeah and, and the, the dursts oh. the dursts i know one of our tours was around have you uh, met douglas durst <laughs> Uh, Robert, I think. Well, I think Robert is in jail. Well, yeah, Robert's the, the <laughs> he's criminal the jinx. of the family. But he's the jinx, yeah. But we did a tour around that time. It was a little awkward. Gotcha. Um, but, I, you know, I definitely didn't mention it. Uh, Every time I'm at the Little Pie Company now, I look at that apartment across the street, and I'm like, that's where Douglas Durst lives. It's chilling. Very chilling. Oh. Uh, but then even, you know, they, then they point out on each floor how They've uh, maximized efficiencies with airflow and, and air conditioning and, you know, why, you know, why it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, cooler in the summer and hotter uh, mm-hmm. in the winter um, and, you know, better insulation, and, uh, you know, and that this is like a departure from a historic building, mm-hmm. right? But um, it's also doing really interesting things and yeah. is trying to be, uh, um, you know, at the forefront and, and once again, improve that bottom line, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, and I think, I believe they do have a green roof or two, if, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think on the very top, but... On yeah, the, uh, I think it goes to like a point. On the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, this unrelated, but what's also cool about that building is that, uh, so the Durst, uh, someone in the Durst organization created this app called, and it was originally a website, now it's an app, called Spireworks. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No. It's just like the invite-only uh, sort of or sort of app, and... I was able to like plead to someone to to add me to it, uh-huh. but essentially, so if you ever look up at that spire, also uh-huh. for for World Trade Center, you'll see you know you'll see like all these colorful lights, go, yeah. you know, just like these light shows going on. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there's an app that you can use to control those lights. Oh. So when you see that happening, someone is behind it behind their iPhone doing it. Oh, um, so that's another, and once again, uh, you know, they're repurposing the building for my personal enjoyment but not even in like for my you know personal my satisfaction my being being fulfilled like that means like controlling the lights on that tower means so much more than just the entertainment purpose like i feel like i've made it mm-hmm. be like if i can just you know control the lights on one of the tallest you know, skyscrapers in in the country it just like makes me just makes me happier with ever with life and uh, you know it gives me you know it's big building energy big building energy yeah and uh you know also helps that people are just like taken back like how are you doing that i think i'm some you know, some sort of magician but uh unfortunately uh the app has spread with uh, 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 so there's know. a waiting list to control there's the probably a waiting list and there's like you know douchey guys in bars who are of course using it to impress impress girls look which, at this yeah which, i mean i don't blame them i mean it's a you know, you know it's it's a it's a no-brainer it's uh, but 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 the point I'm trying to make is that they're they're, they're hogging the time mm-hmm. of using it where you know it gets crowded because you know equitable you, spire time come I, on yeah come on there should be uh, 
if I'm using it, I want to be the only one using it. Okay. Um, so, but, you know, once again, kind of re- in the repurposing realm, not, yeah, not recycling your clothes, but recycling. Uh, the spire. Re- repurposing the spire for, for different purposes than just an antenna, uh-huh. you know, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So we're already at like half oh, an wow. hour now, which is crazy. Well, so ed- editing. We'll... Yeah, we'll wrap it up now. But typically, every episode ends with a hand me up. So a thing to pass on to other people, pro tip, positive word, anything else. Do you have a hand me up for our listeners? Try to be curious. Uh, you know, when next time you're walking to work, you're just walking to brunch, <laughs> uh, just, you know, take note of your surroundings. Um, and, you know, uh, because it's a, a very likely you'll, you'll find something that really calls to you and, you know, can change the direction of your, of your life, um, for the, for the best. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of get stuck in our bubbles and stuck in our routine. Uh, so it's important to try to push yourself out of that and just, uh, you know, take in, uh, well, you know, I live in New York, so of course there's like a lot going on, but wherever you live, just like try to see, like, ask yourself what else is around me? Um, you know, my hometown in New Jersey, uh, you know, it wasn't until a couple years ago, right. Where I got this bug to just look at all this interesting stuff. And then I found all these like really interesting places, uh, around where I li- lived, even if it was like a nature preserve or, you know, some sort of lookout. It's like, I just, you know, I never wanted to, you know, I never uh, actively sought out uh, you know, those locations. And and now that I actually visited it, 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 you know, enhanced my life, right? So I think it's important for people, you know, to be curious or be, uh, you know, uh, aware of their surroundings and, and try to try to push themselves so that they uh, kind of find, find themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's awesome. That's great. So where can people find you, find New York Avenger Club, anything you want to promote, anything coming up, et cetera? Yeah, if, uh, if, if you're going to be in, in New York, uh, if you live in New York or you're going to be in New York soon, you can visit our website, nyadventureclub.com or justadventureclub.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, nyadventureclub. Uh, those are the best ways. And then definitely sign up with our newsletter. It's the best way to be informed of what events of ours are coming up and then also what else is going on in the city so that you know that newsletter takes yeah two to three hours just to you know go through all of these different websites and blogs and try to tell you what are the mm-hmm. uh, must visit uh, events going yeah. on that weekend yeah on hand me up club i send out a weekly list of the eco-friendly and oh, sustainable great. events happening and it takes so long to it, put together incredible especially with something as specific as that where i'm just looking for things that are sustainable yeah but that's but that's new york that's the story of new york and that's why i think that's why it is the greatest thing in the world because whatever you're into or you know whoever you are the there is a community for you mm-hmm. and it's just about it's just about finding them it's not about like creating it from scratch I mean, with New York Adventure Club, it wasn't, uh, you know, I, I was in, you know, I, I figured my friends were a microcosm of all of New Yorkers, uh, which of course wasn't true. But, you know, when I, when that first event did happen, uh, it merely kind of brought together the people who were on my same wavelength. And, and that's why that's like what, that's what, that's what driven me to continue, continue it. Cause I want to be that haven for the people who are, who are just curious about their surroundings and who want to 
explore the city, you know, and, and go into abandoned, you know, locations or, you know, go into, you know, historic uh, places. But if you're into the, you know, sustainability, uh, you know, your people are, are out there, right? Uh, and yeah, even like a subset of these, of sustainability, like they're there. This is New York. Like there's so many people and so many people focusing on little, on different things. And so then, you know, it's, uh, you know, makes it fun to live here. Absolutely. So this has been another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. Right, thank you for the invite. Yeah. Thanks, I love your couch, Corey. By the way. <laughs> thank Bye. you. And thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. The Hand Me Up Club is hosted by Lindsay Ruter, recorded and engineered by Adam Zucker, and edited by Caitlin Correa at CC Media. Thanks for listening.